This is the intro. I've lost where we are. That was a hey. Welcome to 2021. Welcome to season two. How many times have I heard that song and I can't remember everything in it? Wow. That uh, we lost our license, we can't use the music anymore, so that you're stuck with us singing. <laughs> it's I, parody. It's protected. It's royalty free. Yeah. I will. Uh, I will pay to renew our license. Sorry. Guys. What's the deal with that? Uh, good. Start That's off. what oh, I want to know. Uh, Welcome to season. You're gonna two. pay to renew that license too. Yeah. No. Let's shrink that down to a three. And <laughs> yeah, my mic just got turned down a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, Kevin, it, bring do, us in. Do it again, and uh, I'll turn you off all together there, buddy. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Too. Welcome to our new users. This is the Role for Insanity podcast. Uh, today, we have our core four, Clay. Oh, that's my name. Hi. <laughs> Ryan. Hello. Joey. Hey. And we have a special guest star. We have Caleb back on our uh our list hopefully we'll get him in a more permanent position coming up but uh for now we will take him when we can get him hello <laughs> and i'm kevin thanks for joining us um we are still actively in our campaign but this episode is going to be back to roots yeah kind of and, oh, and yeah. we're going to discuss and kind of go through the merits of tasha's cauldron of everything everything before and we get everything. into that real quick <gasps> Ooh. Um, so, uh, some of you, sorry, this might get a little sacrilegious. I know this is a D and D podcast. I'm, I'm waiting, but, um, a it. couple months ago, this, uh, cool game called cyberpunk 2077 came out. Get out of my of house. It. Apparently there's <laughs> some big deal about it. Um, anyway, we aren't talking about that. What I want to <laughs> talk about is, um, cyberpunk, the tabletop game. Ooh. So, um, for those of you that don't know, Cyberpunk 2077, the game that just came out, is based off of a uh, tabletop role-playing game uh, by Mike Pondsmith, and that game is called Cyberpunk. And so there are a few iterations. The more popular ones are uh, Cyberpunk 2020, which uh, was made before 2020, which That's makes it comical now. Welcome to 2021, everybody. And then Cyberpunk Red, which is a new version that just came out. It kind of uh, released with the launch of the game. Um, and I don't know too much about them, but mm. here's here's the cool thing is um, I'm going to get to play in a one-shot for Cyberpunk coming up pretty soon. Ooh, wow. that's really cool. Who's running that for you? So it. you just wanted um, to brag. I did, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and so my friend Don is going to be running that one-shot for us. Um, he is a D&D &D player as well, but we all kind of wanted to try out something new. Like, we, you know, we've got our roots in D&D. &D, we've got our toes wet and uh, all that. But now we kind of want to, like, cut our teeth on something else. So, um now we've got Cyberpunk, which we're going to try out, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, to give you guys an idea for anyone who doesn't know what it's like, the setting is um, like a futuristic America. Um, generally, you can play in other countries, but... Um, Not allowed. Nope. <laughs> for all of our foreign <laughs> listeners, it's America or nothing. <laughs> we're going to be playing in America, which is uh, the NUSA now. <gasps> um, and the entire country is basically owned by mega corporations. So, Tesla um, did it again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
you know, with late game capitalism, you know, corporations own everything. Disappointing. Um, and so these corporations have like private militaries and they basically rule most of the world. And so people uh, known as like um, just like. Why are you looking at me like that? It sounds very similar to my campaign, but with <laughs> corporations. I need to sue Cyberpunk, or I need to prepare to be sued by Cyberpunk. <laughs> anyway, yeah. guess which way that's going to go. Um, I choose to live <laughs> with surprise. Continue. Anyway, so you've got these people who... Um, you play as and they basically you play as like a mercenary type deal and so you, the idea is you want to go and do jobs and um you know they can range anything from like pulling off a big heist and stealing some important data or like money or whatever but also cyberpunk does this fun thing where they make mundane things into like uh something that you could run an entire session off of one that don was telling me about was there's a module where your characters have found out about this like super like expensive restaurant like they send a car to pick you up and their food is like phenomenal and like it's all over like the news and everything and so your characters uh they want to go there and dine and dash and so the entire plot of that like one shot is you go there you eat the food, and you have to get out without being caught and murdered by the security team that runs the whole place. Good lord! Because they've got a <laughs> reputation to uphold. That sound, honestly, like that. At first, Sounds when you said that, fun. when you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna," they Dino do mundane dash. things, and you can do it for the whole thing. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, right, there's and a and whole session about brushing your teeth, <laughs> and, and you know the concept of like, oh, dining and dashing being like a yeah. whole session. That sounds goofy, but like when you actually play it out, like it I can, can see it. Right, exactly, and so it's very cool. Um, Don said one of the first sessions that we're going to be doing, it might turn into a whole campaign. Uh, we aren't sure yet. Ooh. It depends on how much people like it. But um, he was saying that it, the entirety of it happens like within your apartment building and the street in front of it. Wow. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, it's very cool. And mm. just something I want to talk about. Probably won't bring it up very much more on the podcast. That'd be good. <laughs> you say that. But it's just something that I wanted to share with you guys. Because I know that we've talked about other different types of role-playing yeah. systems. Like um, I know I've discussed Shadowrun once or twice. And mm -hmm. uh, the Shadowrun setting is very similar to Cyberpunk. And so I'm kind of excited to get into it. But well, see, I think it's a really fun thing to bring up other tabletop games. Because when you get into that, like that role-playing idea is something that doesn't really happen a lot in D&D. Uh, and I mean, I've been guilty of it as a as a DM is that I kind of push you guys towards the more exciting stuff. I kind of push you towards the other things. And instead, like finding something that mundane or having those in between sessions where maybe you don't know what to do and you make something kind of mundane into the session and think of a way to turn that into an encounter. So it's not just kill the bandits, save the girl, um, fight the goblin, get the gold and all these other things. It sounds it's interesting and taking yeah. things from other uh other sessions and other games makes D&D a lot more interesting. I'm looking at you, Joey, because I want you to speak. Say something about how much yeah, you, what do you enjoy think what about I'm all saying and disagree. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I don't have much to put input on this. You guys I'm so glad lot. that you're in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm just here listening. I tricked you guys so I can listen to it earlier. <laughs> yeah, me and Joey are just vibing. Yeah, we're here. just vibing, bro. You guys are just... You're fans of the podcast that have managed to trick your way onto the podcast <laughs> just to hear it before it goes live. Fools. You well, uh, at least yeah. we, we can thank 
D&D for the start of this. I mean, they're the yeah. ones that really paved the way for role-playing. And uh, yeah, there's a lot that you can do with Clay's campaign. We are definitely going in a different direction than I think yeah. I would have ever played. Um, <laughs> it's and okay, it's a good to thing. Say the least. Yeah, and it's a good thing. I mean, he forced me to play a human. I did. I made you. <laughs> I, I, I don't normally do that. Yeah, but uh, from the man who, like, I don't think I've seen play anything besides a dwarf. Well, he played um, he played an ASMR. He played an elf um, oh, yeah, in Joey's elf. campaign yeah. for like six sessions. That was cool. An elf. An elf. ASMR. Well, no. That's ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But I have, played, uh, I have played I have played Elf when I'm doing Ranger or something like that. But I mean, it's a it just depends on the setting. But I think this has been very exciting. And Joey's was really good too, with the <laughs> the whole um, campaign with the uh, the warehouses and stuff. Yeah. Now that's that something was. I haven't done before. That's something you know that was was much more unique. Uh, sorry, Joey. I'll start 2021. I'm sorry. We're not going <laughs> to do this. We've done this the last fine. like three sessions. We're not doing it. We had fun in Joey's campaign. We're and we're not leaving it alone. It. That's it's it. Done. Honestly, you talking about the, the warehouses, <laughs> it reminds me of that Benny Hill sequence that you Oh, had my Yes. With climbing running up around. and down the ladders. Running around. Trying to soap yeah. on the bars. And he slips <laughs> off. I feel like, I wonder if that's something that the creators for D&D really had in mind with um, just people that have to do a dash action. So we had, what, a halfling chasing a human. Mm -hmm. So the movement it's speed, more. the... Halfling had to dash every turn to keep up. Which means he couldn't use his action to attack. Yeah, so it was constantly just running and running and running, and there was never going to be any combat because our uh, our Asimar, ASMR, 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 whatever, our ASMR had no health and knew that he was going to die the second he stopped. And so he would run 30 feet and then cast, like, Bonfire or run 30 feet and rub soap on the ladder so right. that he slips on the way yeah. down. Which was hilarious. Now, we should have had the Benny Hill music. That, uh, that would have been, been funny. Oh, my goodness. And the thing is, you talk about mundane. That yeah. just kept going and going. And that was one of my favorite going. moments of Joey's campaign, <laughs> was until, watching you try and figure your way out of that. Until the halfling made a faux pas yep. and jumped down. It was going for on for like ten minutes or something like that. I was like, "All right." It would have kept going. It would have. It would have going. So I was like, "Something needs to happen." I couldn't think of any way out of that. That was. It was, was pretty no comical. Was no I think oh, you were man. slowly gaining ground, actually. But yeah, yeah, but not. It would taken me forever it before I could have like ten rounds. And then you know what would have happened? Enough. I would have tried to attack, and it would have missed because that's just the way things are well, going. Well, he also had campaign. ranged weapons, which is another question as to why he didn't just stop. I don't think no, that he did. guy did. Did he not? I think no, he did. He was one of the only ones who didn't. Mm. Yeah, okay. he was like one of them up. That's how you. One of them followed, and then the other one stayed back to fight him because he was still there. Okay, was running away. Well, so. anyway, yeah, segueing back. Yeah, Cyberpunk, that sounded like a really cool thing. Yeah, I'd love so to talk more about yeah, those kind of I things. Yeah, once I play, I'll probably talk about my thoughts on the system as a whole, and that'll probably be one of the last times we talk about it on here. And but that's okay. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk more about that with you guys after I've played. Hopefully that'll be soon. I think it'll be in the next few weeks. Yeah, so let us know. I'll let you know. All right. But with that... Caleb, we brought you on here for a reason, and it's because we love your silky smooth voice. We love your beard, and I just kind of like staring at you a and lot. And also, we love your ah, knowledge yes, of you. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. We do, especially hey, love that. Yeah. So, I know we had talked a little bit before the session here started, but you had a couple of things that you liked from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything that you wanted to talk about, and I'd love to hear it, because just listening to you talk about D&D &D sends shivers down my spine. So, <laughs> if you could just go ahead and... 
Get Hopefully started. in a good way. Uh, <laughs> Is there a bad way? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> we don't talk about that way. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, one of my favorite things that has come out of uh, Tasha's Cauldron and everything is the Twilight Domain Cleric. Ooh. Uh, I am a huge fan of clerics just because you can customize them as like much as you want, and each domain has been vastly different. And I've been really liking the style of the twilight domain of just uh over un, over the cover of night and being able to give your allies dark vision Ooh. as well as uh this kind of like sanctuary that you build that kind of follows you around as you are uh doing your cleric stuff that's really cool you can give your allies dark vision tell me about that yeah so i believe it is eyes of the night Ooh. i believe is what it is uh so you yourself have 300 feet of dark vision. 300 feet? Yes. It used to be unlimited, if I recall correctly. Are you serious? When it was still in UI. How much, mm-hmm. how much like, uh, dark vision do, like, dwarves have, just in general? 60. 60. 60. Are you kidding? So you just see yeah. everything in the night. Even tieflings only have, like, 120 foot dark vision. Yeah. That's insane. And then, as an action, you can magically share the dark vision of... Uh, this feature with a willing creature you can see within 10 feet of you so you don't have to be touching them but you can just be like hey uh can you like if one of your party members has like better perception and it's like in the middle of the night you can be like hey can you go check out what's over there and give them the 300 feet of dark vision (laughs) what's the duration on that it is one hour wow (laughs) you can give your pleb human who decided to run a human in a dungeon campaign the ability to see Okay, that's amazing. Now there's, uh, there's, I know there's one off on a dwarf. I can't remember what the name of that particular uh, class is. It's a, I think it's a subclass. No, No. it's one. It's that they're they never come above ground. They're always constantly underground. The the Falmer from Skyrim. (laughs) Duragar, yeah, yeah. So they have like 120. But yeah. when they go out into the sun, they have they're, sunlight. Yeah, they're, they're, so they're literally blinded, and they have an issue with that. Now, what about yours, Caleb? Uh, Twilight domain? Yeah, they don't care. No. They'll they'll see in the dark for three hundred feet, and then in the in the sun, they are totally fine. All right, but what about magical darkness? Uh, it doesn't say that. Shut so up, Joe. <laughs> well, I don't. So, um, I don't think any devil sight warlocks. You win this round. That's right. <laughs> or or. Light domain cleric, hear me? Yeah. Ooh. 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 Oh. Spell the magical darkness. That's awesome. And what was that orb thing you were telling us? Oh about? yeah. So the second one is Channel Divinity Twilight Sanctuary. So basically, as an action, you can present your holy symbol, and a sphere of twilight emanates from you. The sphere mm-hmm. is centered on you. It's thirty feet radius, and uh, it's essentially all filled with dim light. Uh, and in this, your you grant temporary hit points equal to one d six plus your cleric level to uh, your allies in the sphere, as well as uh, you can end one of the effect that is causing to be charmed or frightened. Is that like what level spell is that, or does that? That just... is your second level domain feature. Are you kidding? Yes. That's such an amazing healing either. spell, just in general. Like, well, it's not healing; it's kind of healing. HP. Yeah, well, I mean, but still, right. same effect. Yeah, ultimately, it boils down to like the same yeah, thing. Doesn't the best it? part is that when you're healing. at seventeenth yeah. level, uh, anybody that's in your sphere gets half cover. That's good. Wow, that's really good for rogues too. Mm-hmm. Now you said um, it, it like it's a sphere of twilight. Now is it 
can it be seen into and seen out? Uh, I know you can see out of it, obviously, but can it be seen into, or is it like yeah, a wall I don't of think black? It counts as darkness. It uh, it doesn't no. count as darkness. No, okay. it is essentially it's still dim light inside. Okay. It. So imagine like if you like presented your holy symbol and then just a massive shadow cast it over. Now does you it in the does it mechanically count as dim light? Because I know that makes for some interesting things. Like I was saying, rogues earlier, uh, you could do like um, skulker feet. Um, it does say that uh, it is. A thirty-foot radius and is filled with dim light. Oh, yep. So it is, really cool. it is really cool. only dim light in there. Yeah. This sounds like a really OP class, and I'm glad that it made it uh, into a canon. No, book. that's just so, a standard cleric. So <laughs> legitimately, taking Skulker on a Twilight cleric is not a dead feat, which is very strange to me. That's so cool. Tell us more about it, Caleb. Your yeah. Voice. Uh, so one of the things I did for the campaign that I was running was I kind of did this Christmas uh, one-shot in a way. Okay. And I made Santa Claus a Twilight Domain cleric. What? Because he can see in the dark. Uh, okay. Because he has to travel at night a lot. Of course. Uh, makes sense. Twilight Domain clerics love to travel at night, by the way. So uh, does Santa. Makes sense. Okay. Exactly. Uh, then some of your other uh, domain spells include sleep. So if you're trying to, like, you know, oh deliver God. presents, you just... <laughs> Put the kids to sleep. Uh, also, greater invisibility and mislead are some of the other. Jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Leoman's tiny hut is also another one. And Which then is what? Leoman's tiny hut it creates like Thanks. a little force ball that you can sleep in. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then the way I flavored him was for the Twilight Sanctuary. That little like dim light bubble. I just made it a snow globe. That's so it was fantastic. like always like lightly snowing everywhere he went. Oh man. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I I loved that Santa Claus. I made him twelve feet tall just to make him scary to other people and yeah. just for kicks. Yeah, of course. But yeah. uh that that's about it. We got Krampus going now. <laughs> okay. That is so cool. Yeah. You'll never get to play one, Clay. I know. That's fine. Um, I enjoy being a DM. Joey was talking about an item that I think would be perfect for your Santa Claus. Uh, oh, a little yeah. Bit like a, just a bag of holding? Because that, that that'd be good. That's, a given. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. a given. Yeah, that's a given. But there's a new magic item in Tasha's called um, Tasha's uh, Mortar and Pestle. Ooh, tell us about it, Joey. It's an artifact. It's uh, an artifact. You. Thank you. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're old, ooh. Other ooh. other than it being, you know, a mortar and pestle for a, an evil witch, you can. It has the ability of travel at night, which lets you um, instantly travel with up to like what was it, four people? Yeah, I think so. Up to four people at nighttime to any uh, location you're familiar with, or have the body part or a piece of someone. <laughs> so like, if you have somebody's like hair. You could grind it up in the mortar and pestle, and then you and your three closest friends hop in, and it'll take you to that so person. So that's yeah. how he travels. Well, so wait, wait, wait. All the presents. <laughs> if a deer is half a person, would that allow you to travel with eight deer? What? Reindeer. No person, though. Where did you get the the deer is half a person? <laughs> I'm just saying. If you he could was kind of going through history. He found the three-fifths compromise, and he was like, well, what about deer? <laughs> I'm about just half, <laughs> about a half person, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, you've got Santa Claus, and if you have a reindeer, and it, uh, you know, it basically takes half of a. Just put them in the bag. Reindeers are. Well, yeah, but that, that takes people. place of presents. I'm just trying to help Santa here. 
Hey, you know? The the best thing about the culture too, it's not instant teleportation. You get picked up and you just fly really quickly through the air. So people can see you flying. So it is exactly Santa Claus. So it's exactly it Santa Claus. If Santa yeah. Claus flew around in a giant bull. Yeah. Just cast invisibility. So on the so bowl what I'm hearing is I just mobile. designed the bull to look like a sleigh and then he just Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah. Well, and then some of the other things I thought I yeah, liked a lot was with uh, Tasha's was the the puzzles because mm. I've always wanted to do puzzles, but I am awful at trying to make my own puzzles. I feel like they're really difficult to make, just in general, especially ones that like are interesting and easy enough to solve as a party. I've shared this DM secret um, with a few of my friends before. I think Caleb being one of those. Um, don't even bother making puzzles. Just come mm. up with something that looks like a puzzle and let them mess around with it for like 15 to 20 minutes and then just be like, yeah, you solved it. Good work. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then it makes them feel really smart, right? Because they're like, oh, man, Ryan, that was such a hard puzzle. I would have never thought that I needed to sort the items based off of their shape into two different piles. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, you figured it out, man. Good work. Ryan, this is how it was when it started. How's it working now? <laughs> I don't know. The, the power of Christmas cheer. The power of Christmas cheer. <laughs> yeah. It's well, the and then like the other thing about like the puzzles in here is that the uh, the difficulty that it says it is sometimes does not match exactly like what your players think the difficulty is. Oh no, the players always think a puzzle is way harder than it really is. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You basically need to design puzzles for like kindergarten. Well, see, that's the thing. I had a puzzle that was easy, and they solved it in like. 10 minutes tops okay and i was like yeah totally easy uh then i s threw a medium difficulty one at them i'm like okay so they're probably smart let's see how they handle this one so they're probably it took smart. the entire session to finish, <laughs> finish this puzzle good <laughs> that's what we call the poggers moment oh, how many yeah. people were in your session though because the amount of players that are working on one that thing at was one time. i want to say like four or five See, and I feel like it's like the same thing with escape rooms where you get too many people in it and right. you just lose track. Uh -huh. <laughs> like there's no continuous train of thought. Everyone's just fighting to Speaking speak. of, a D&D &D escape room would be fun. That would be so cool. Yeah, that'd Both be really like cool. in real life and also like a session where your characters are in an escape room. Heck now yeah. I've got something to do in my free time. Thank you, Ryan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. this yeah. puzzle, I kind of did that a little so what, bit. So what was the puzzle? Uh, it is called All That Glitters. Okay. Basically, uh, the way you have it set up is that there is a marble there's a marble statue in the uh like opposite end of the room and it has a large diamond just kind of like clutched in its hands okay uh and across the entire floor as you walk in it's just littered with gems okay. of like all sorts so you have like quartzes uh citrines ambers rubies sapphires uh the whole lot is there but at the 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 base of the statue it says only one treasure may leave this room, cross with another, and find your tomb. Ah. Okay, so wait. Now, let's... let's. So there's four of us here outside yeah, of yeah, you that knows the answer. Let's, let's think about this. this for a second. Here's how you do it. You toss the gems out. <sighs> Easy. That way you don't cross all, with the gems. All, of the, all the gems out? Yes. Only yes. Every one, one at a time. So, one so here's the thing, room, though. Joey. If you do that, uh, <laughs> there's actually angry spirits that live inside the gems. If they cross the threshold... They will become hostile, jump out of the gems, and start attacking you. Hmm. Hmm. Well, why would I want cursed gems? Uh, well, well one of them is not cursed. Oh. Fun fact. Oh. I bet it's the, it's the diamond in the statue's hands. 
So you, you go correct. and you grab the statues, the diamond from the statue, and you friggin' leave. Wait, but that's it? That's the whole thing? Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing, what is that the diamond, uh, the diamond is clasped in the the statue's hands, and the statue is impervious to damage. I was uh, going to say, I was like, I'm going to break that friggin' statue. Okay. <laughs> so you're on, you're on, you're not able to break the statue open. So, uh, and it's clasped in it, so you can't just remove the diamond. Can you just take the you statue? just take the statue. Uh, see, I would have bolted it down to the floor, so no. Uh, <laughs> so there, so there's a way in this puzzle for well, the, the statue is impervious, but is the floor? Uh, you know, you what about the bolts point. that hold it question. down? Are the bolts impervious? <laughs> you know what? You got a point. My so artificer always carries a wrench if, with him. Oh. What if we just remove the room altogether? <laughs> we're, t- well, we're see, approaching this like a bunch of meth heads <laughs> robbing a Seven Eleven. Like, how say, do we get the I safe say, out? Another, <laughs> another interesting thing is if if you hold a gem up to your ear, okay. then uh, it whispers a name to you, and depending on the gem, it will say a different name, Ooh. like a human name, or yeah. So like with the quartzes. Or the one quartz that's in the room, it says Antonio. If it's a ruby, it would either say Lou, Leela, Lowen, and then just a bunch of other names like that. Okay. Uh, are we going to go through the whole puzzle here? Or? Nah. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've given up, so just go ahead and kind of break it down and explain how one would actually uh, go about basically solving Basically, every, <laughs> every uh, gem is saying a name but they all start with the same letter yeah i got that part except mm-hmm. one uh, yeah except well yeah there, there's a, only one quartz and that's antonio classic antonio uh they're all named and then basically there's a, a specific number of each of the gems which is uh 18 jade 16 onyx 14 amethyst 13 sapphires 12 rubies 9 you, you get it. Yeah. For like uh, an and a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. But uh, each type of gem is associated with a letter of the alphabet. Right. So you would take, there's like one, which is the Antonio gem, which mm-hmm. is A in the alphabet. And then you would go down the list. So like L, if there were like 13 of them, then the 13th one would be L. And so it's like a cipher, right? Yeah, it's kind of a cipher. And then the way you would figure it out is you if you organize alphabetically the num or the the actual gems themselves, so amber, amber, amethyst, citrine, garnet, in that order, the letters will spell out in her palm. And if you say that out loud, then she would release the diamond. Uh, what if you say that accidentally? Hey, do the diamonds in her palm? How do we get that out? <laughs> that's a dumb. I mean, that's a DM thing. That's a dumb. <laughs> I'd give it to him. Uh, yeah, I would. I would, I would call that. Dub. You said the words. <laughs> like, oh, it's your hands. Well, you would say open. like normally they'll be like, yeah, it's in her hands. Like, what do we do with it? But you can make like other checks to give you give you guys hints. Like, oh, the person uh, that's holding the gem is actually like the goddess of knowledge. So the order of things is going to be very important to this puzzle. Mm-hmm. That sort of. Okay, that's cool. All right. Yeah, that's but really interesting that they kind of wrote all that out. What if you put the gems in a bag of holding? And, and then, then you, you take, walked out. And then you walked out. The well, spirits would suffocate. They are they are <laughs> ghosts, <laughs> specters, or skeletons. They don't need to breathe. So the so, next time you open it out, there's just going to be that many like 
So I don't you hang sell. On a about. Yeah, yeah. So, so you sell the bag of holding. No, no, no. What you, what you do, <laughs> what you do is you take one gem across the threshold, right? Because you'd probably be like, oh, just pick one, and then you'd see what happened. You'd fight one ghost, and then you go, okay. So here's what we do. Here's what we do. We put them, the rest of them, into the bag of holding, and now we have a weaponized bag of holding. <laughs> and then you go fight the BVEG, but you don't fight them. You just, you just throw the bag of holding in as you open it. With and, then hide. and then you hide. I feel like yeah. that's D D's version of chemical warfare. <laughs> See, like that'd be nice. Geneva Convention about and I am that. very glad that my players did not figure that out. <laughs> You're lucky Spirits that we are your players. <laughs> One of them's here, and they can go back. <laughs> yeah, the, that's no, the problem. No. I told you, with a lot of experienced players, things are a little different. Oh yeah, the the best part is that uh, I I essentially made the room completely disappear because it was a one shot. So crazy, <laughs> they can't go back. <laughs> All right, Dang. another question. Who went around collecting souls with the certain names they need and a certain amount of gems for this puzzle? A board lich. Yeah, yeah. a board lich. <laughs> All right. All right, checks out. Yep. Like this big dork lich. He's got these gigantic <laughs> glasses. He's got like one of those reading his radical posters up I, on his wall. I love alphabetical order. I just bought this new book on ciphers. Yeah, but there was another one like in the easy section that was kind of similar to that where uh, – each like it was like oh the paintings revolve around like the actual uh, animals but the animals depending on the number of of them in the painting re- revolve around like what letter to choose from there and then that spells out something and that's considered an easy puzzle. I feel like anything that involves players associating letters and numbers together to form something is m- more than an easy puzzle. I feel like that's not something that a lot of people that's- think is difficult but I think it there, really is. There's Personally, a reason math and English class are separate. Personally, I just want, like, Indiana Jones puzzles, you know, like, put the thing in the hole or jump off of the the, the rock and, oh, surprise, there was actually a secret pathway the whole time. That's called a yeah. trap. You're just describing <laughs> traps. And? <laughs> yes, exactly. Correct. That's the puzzle, to not engage the trap. <laughs> Solve it. Do not die. I guess in that way, everything that we do as adventurers is a puzzle. Exactly. <laughs> Life is a puzzle. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, this it, it is escalates the play too because, it, like I said, we've gone back, you know, in history mostly, you know, hack and slash. It was more of a, a historical battles, and that's where how the the whole role playing started. And then as it gets, as it you know, each level that it goes up, it seems that it's becoming more and more. Uh, you know, mindful rather yeah. than just rolling, you know, the, the, the old saying, you know, it's roll, you know, R-O-L-E versus roll R-O-L-L. And I, and I think that's what uh, is happening here. And with the puzzles, I mean, yeah. you would think that most people that play D&D are going to be more analytical. You would uh, think. You would think. <laughs> now, some aren't. I mean, some are just, you know, just, it's just, it's a play and that's it. But I think for the most part, the puzzles add that extra step. Yeah. As did like your recordings, as did, uh, you know, whatever you have, all the hierarchies, you know, whatever you you have set up. So I think that has been part of the the interest with a lot of the people outside that didn't play D&D before. Yeah. And I think that in, I mean, if they brought it into Tasha's, there's got to be a reason there must be more and more of that type of play coming, you know, coming around and becoming more popular. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's something that all of us to think when we're doing our DMing, you know, maybe throw a little more of that in there. 
And I think that's a really big thing. I think it's super easy for campaigns, especially adventuring campaigns, to just devolve ultimately into murder hobo campaigns. Even if your players aren't murder hobos, I think it's just super easy to just say, hey, here's your big bad. Go kill him. Get your loot. And then that's it. Well, and I think that's, that's like you said, it's the fallback. Yeah. You know, it's if you're it's if you're bored. You, you know, I get to roll the dice. I get to roll the dice. But if you get beyond that, and you, you know, it, a lot of it, and Joey's the same. We had a lot of interaction without a lot of dice rolling, and that yep. made a big difference. Now we do have a battle map that we do use. We do on occasion, but kind lately, frequently. I was going to yeah. say it has more become a theater of the mind uh, for our gameplay, which has been very interesting because I haven't had that in my previous campaigns that I played. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been pretty nice, uh, and I've enjoyed this, uh, I guess, uh, graduation into a more of a, a thinker's yeah, campaign. Yeah, you hear that? Graduated. Woo! Fun campaign. Here we go. Last joke, I swear. <laughs> Last one. Anyway, yeah, I mean, this is a... I, I actually really enjoyed the, the kind of conversation we had here today, you guys. I think that we're all better for it. I think there's been a thoughtful thought-provoking campaign very good way to start 2021 podcast yeah yeah Yeah. but anyway i I think unless anybody has anything else to say we can wrap it up i mean so does he like ask people for the names when he gets the souls or do you just have a bunch of souls and gems he gives them names (laughs) wow (laughs) joey let it go (laughs) so um thanks (laughs) thanks for listening everybody um if you're new uh we put out a new uh, episode every monday um and you can tune into that and uh besides that uh, the rest of the stuff's in the outro so it is and if we put it out on sunday because we your mon- monday monday roll for monday. insanity podcast my name is clay thanks so much for listening <laughs> bye <laughs> goodbye everyone <laughs> thank bye. you bye bye hey clay uh did you know that we have a website we have a website yeah we have a website it's um roll for insanity.com wait do i spell out the word for no it's just the number so oh. it's roll the number four insanity.com that's awesome what could i find on there yeah th- we have a bunch of stuff on there actually have you ever wanted to follow us on social media i have well you know it's kind of hard to find those pages on it the really apps. Is. yeah I can't spell right and so you know uh but the thing is if you can make it to our website we have links to all of our social media on there wow you know what social medias we have i'd like? love to know we have facebook <gasps> ooh, instagram pictures and twitter annoying wow all of your favorite social medias in one place um besides that uh, we also have a newsletter. A newsletter. A newsletter. What do we say? So you put your email in, and and then we take it and sell it to people over the internet. We don't sell it. We don't sell it. But what we will do is we'll send you updates on whenever we release a new episode, or if there's anything else that we want to fill you guys in on. That's so exciting, Ryan. I'm going to go there right now. Isn't it just? But hold on. There's <gasps> more. There's more. We also have a section dedicated to new players. Who's that? So if you're just getting into D&D for the first time, we have a bunch of stuff, uh, links to Amazon, all like consolidated onto one page. And, you know, if you're looking to buy some dice or a dice tower or a DM screen or some handbooks, you know, any of that sound interesting? I love all of those things and well, more. Congratulations. We got all of your favorite links in one place. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, also, if you think that we're doing a bad job and you want to tell us about it. I hate you. Or if you think we're doing a good job and you want them to tell us about it, we have a feedback section. A feedback 
section. Yeah, you can just uh, type in your message, let us know what you think about the show, what you want to see in future episodes, and that'll get delivered directly to us. I'm going to flame you guys so hard. Great, except that only Nathan will be reading it, and then he's going to tell us what it said, so you'll only be hurting his feelings. That's good. 